Bishop uh, Conley of Lincoln, Nebraska wrote an article uh, this last week which was published on the blog of First Things, um, a, a journal which speaks about matters of interest to Catholics. And uh, he, he, wrote, his, he began the article with these words. In his letter to the Duke of Norfolk, Blessed John Henry Newman suggests gamely that religion should never be the subject matter for after-dinner social toasts. But, he says, if I am obliged to bring religion into after-dinner toasts, I shall drink to the Pope, if you please, still to conscience first and the Pope afterwards. Blessed John Henry Newman is clearly uh, speaking about the primacy of conscience, which is accepted Catholic doctrine. But some seize upon these words of Newman to propose the supremacy of conscience even above the divine law. Now Newman was bold in his teaching on conscience and his words are included in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We read in Article 1778 of the Catechism, Conscience is a measure of him who both in nature and in grace speaks to us behind a veil and teaches and rules us by his representatives. Conscience is the aboriginal vicar of Christ. Conscience, therefore, is always meant to guide us in the truth. If it is the vicar of Christ, for us it can only guide us in the truth. Conscience judges the moral quality of a concrete act that we are about to perform, are in the process of performing, or have already completed. If we are contemplating performing uh, an act which goes against the divine law, then our conscience will warn us this is against the divine law. It is an evil act. If we're in the middle of such an act, our conscience should alert us to the fact that we are doing something evil. And after completing that act, it will accuse us of having committed an evil act. On the other hand, if it was a good act, our conscience will affirm us in the decision to do it, also affirm us in the fact that we are completing a good act as we do it, and afterwards we will have a peaceful conscience because we will have done a good act. So these are objective standards, and if conscience is the vicar of Christ, if it is by conscience that we perceive and recognize the prescriptions of divine law, it cannot differ from one person and another unless it has been poorly formed or corrupted in some manner and been made blind uh, to that divine law. And Bartimaeus, the blind man in the Gospel uh, of today's Mass, hears that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by and the desire for salvation within him cannot be suppressed and he cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. But what do the others around him try to do? They try to silence him, to block his way to the truth. Let him remain blind. Let him remain a, a beggar. And keep him in that lowest place on earth, which is Jericho. You know, apparently Jericho is the lowest place uh, on earth.
keep him in that position where he doesn't know right from wrong. As people today seek to justify immoral behavior, don't listen to the church who speaks today, to Christ rather, who speaks today through his church. But this man does not want to remain blind or in that low place. He continues to cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus calls him, and then, and then others encourage him, take heart, he is calling you. And he sprang up and came to Jesus. And he tells Jesus, who of course already knows that desire in his heart, that he wishes to see. And by his faith he is saved, and his sight is given to him according to his wishes. And what does Bartimaeus do once his sight is restored to him? He follows Jesus. And where is Jesus going? If we continue reading on following today's Gospel into uh, chapter 11 of Mark's Gospel, we will read that Jesus is going up to Jerusalem, to his passion, to the cross. The beginning of chapter 11 is Palm Sunday, the Lord's triumphant ride into Jerusalem. Bartimaeus now wishes to follow Jesus all the way to the cross. He will no longer be condemned to the darkness of imagining what reality might be based on what others choose to tell him, and maybe those people are seeking to deceive him. He now sees and follows Christ. He knows the truth. He follows the truth. And blessed John Henry Newman spoke of the false understanding that they have of conscience who in no sense mean the rights of the Creator, nor the duty to him in thought and deed of the creature, but the right of thinking, speaking, writing and acting according to their judgment or their humour, without any thought of God at all. Conscience becomes a license to take up any or no religion, to take up this or that, and let it go again. In other words, conscience becomes an excuse to do whatever I want. And Bishop Conley in that article in First Things speaks of the counterfeit conscience that seems today to have taken lodging among faithful believers who are comfortable explaining that their integrity demands that they reject the teachings of the church. That conscience demands they use or prescribe contraceptives or ignore the obligations of matrimonial indissolubility or indulge disordered sexual inclinations. But conscience can never direct a person to act contrary to divine precept. Conscience well formed is the voice of God. And my mother, God rest her soul, who was no theologian, had a simple education for living on a, being raised on a, a hilltop farm in West Cork in the west of Ireland. She taught me this simple lesson. If ever your conscience directs you to do something against the divine law or the teaching of God, teaching of the church, you must know that your conscience is wrong. <laughs> and your conscience will tell you that it's wrong. It's a very simple argument, isn't it? Once we accept that there is such thing as divine law, and actually the Church is Christ's presence on earth. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in Articles 1783-85 to remind us of the need for formation and education of conscience, which is a lifelong task.
In Article 1785 of the Catechism we read, In the formation of conscience, the Word of God is the light of our path. We must assimilate it in faith and prayer and put it into practice. We must also examine our conscience before the Lord's cross. We are assisted by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, aided by the witness or advice of others, and guided by the authoritative teaching of the Church. If we truly seek to form our consciences in obedience to the Gospel, the Word of God, then our consciences will truly be, as Bishop Connolly says in that article, the still small voice of the Lord in our hearts. And we will be able to honour it as the Aboriginal Vicar of Christ. And we will rejoice at the salvation our faith brings us. And like Bartimaeus, we will follow Jesus on the way.